0: Welcome to the podcast for Winton Baptist Church. I pray God uses this message to bless you in Jesus' name. As we continue our series uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, we're in Matthew chapter 7, if you want to turn there. Matthew chapter 7. And I'll turn there as well. We've, uh, we've come now to a portion of the Sermon on the Mount. We're, we're kind of in the home stretch, if you will, uh, of, of this. Great sermon that Jesus has taught. And, uh, you know, we've got to remember that this sermon just wasn't a sermon that was, you know, it was preached over uh, weeks and months. This sermon was preached in one sitting, the Sermon on the Mount. It was one of the greatest sermons that Jesus taught. It was preached in one sitting. So think about that. And so he's coming around to the end of his sermon. And so we slow down and we take his words. uh, We just kind of pull them apart and we go kind of verse by verse with this. Why? So we that might we might learn from them, from Jesus, as the early believers did and be led to uh, follow and obey what he's saying. So uh, the first part of the sermon, uh, blessed are, we see how the kingdom citizens uh, are supposed to live. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy and so on. Uh, the second part would be that, you know, a, a kingdom citizen is more about external living uh, and, you an outward appearance of righteousness, but rather it's more about really internal uh, living. You know, God desires above all what goes on the inside. Uh, you know, it says, uh, you, shall, you have heard it said, Jesus said that several times. You've heard it said, do not commit murder. But I, I say to you, uh, you shall not be angry uh, at, at your brother. Uh, you'll be subject to judgment if you're angry with your brother. Now, in chapter seven, we see a combination of the, ex- the internals and the externals. Uh, The external actions revealing or coming from the internal attitude. This morning, we're looking at a problem that the religious folks struggle with in Jesus' day, that the Pharisaical persons seem to have this problem with judgment. Judgment. Poor judgment or or judging others poorly. Today, we're going to see how judging others poorly uh, or improperly can lead to a misunderstanding of how God wants us judge. You may be surprised at learning that that we can judge or we can make judgments uh, uh, on things. A better term would be discerning uh, toward the right path to take. Now, there are three ways that Jesus points out out to us the risks of judging in the wrong way. First, judging improperly can lead us to a place that belongs only to God. It's, It's His alone. Judging others improperly can lead to hypocrisy, we kind of know that one. Uh, And finally, judging others can even be a waste of our time and energy. can drain us to judge other people improperly. So here's the first idea. Judging others improperly can put us in a place that belongs only to God. Watch this, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 2. It says, Do not judge so that you won't be judged, for you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others. And you will be measured by the same measure you use. So here, perhaps, we have one of the most often quoted passages of Scripture by those outside of the church, and in some cases, by those inside the church. Uh, Whether they realize it or not, they're quoting Scripture. Most of us are familiar with the King James passage of of this version, Judge not lest you be judged. Okay, that's the King James version of that. And so they're quoting that, and, and so they, they may not realize they're actually quoting a Bible verse. Judge not lest you be judged. And it's funny that people say that uh, because in fact, when they say that, judge not lest you be judged. Well, they're offering a judgment, right? They're, they're actually judged, they're making a judgment. You're making a judgment when you say that statement. It's a, it's a logical, a logical fallacy. So the idea, though, is when, you, when they're saying that, they're accusing the other party of doing the exact same thing that they're doing. Judge not, lest you be judged. Well, they're judging. They're judging, right? So we, we have to get more into what Jesus is talking about there. The word of their judge has a range of meanings. Judge krenos, the Greek krenos, there, has a range of meanings. It could mean to analyze or evaluate to make proper decisions, and we're familiar with that. The other end of the scale is to condemn uh, and that's what's in, in, in play here, uh, to, to condemn uh, or avenge. Uh, but Jesus is also not opposed to us making wise decisions, to make making judgment calls. There are many passages in Scripture that point to making wise decisions. And we should seek to make wise decisions in our lives. Proverbs 4, 7 states this, Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom, though it costs you all you have, Get understanding. I'm not sure if we have that up there on the screen. Uh, And also, Isaiah 30 21 21 says this Whenever you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear this command behind you. This is the way, walk in it. Even at the end of the passage, there, uh, in, in uh, in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is encouraging. Uh, believers to make a judgment call on not giving their pearls to swine. We're going to get to that. What does that mean? Swine and dogs and stuff. Is he he calling people dogs? Is he calling people pigs? Uh, What is that about? So Jesus is actually calling, he's encouraging believers to make a judgment call, to judge, uh, even in this passage. Okay. So what is he really getting at there? We need to understand that he puts us, that we are in a place when we judge improperly, we're putting ourselves in a place of God to, to condemn. Uh, and those who judge, uh, they find fault with other people. They look down their noses. And so that's, uh, that attitude can find its way even in, into the heart of a, of a believer. So that's, Jesus is talking to his two disciples here. Uh, and he's not just talking to the crowd. He's talking to believers. He's saying, hey, you guys struggle with this. You, you struggle with judging others. You struggle with condemning other people when, in fact, uh, there, there's a greater problem. And he begins to address the greater problem." Even in Matthew chapter seven verse 16, he says, "You can make judgments. You can' make judgments." He said, "You will recognize them by their fruit. Our get grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles." Matthew 7:16, is where that's coming from. So what Jesus is saying here, that we, are, we are not to play God when it comes to making judgments. We are not to seek to condemn others uh, that can only happen to someone. Who is in a position to condemn? Now, we're, if we show humility, we'll understand that we're not really in a position to condemn other people. Only God is. Only God is, and He is the righteous God, uh, our Father. James four twelve says this, Maybe we can bring that up. Joe, you're doing a great job, buddy. James four twelve. There is one lawgiver and a judge who is able to save and destroy. Them. But who are you to judge your neighbor? James four twelve. Now, something has to change within the church. Many outside the church uh, think the church, us, that we're simply too judgmental, right? Uh, So they'll never darken the doors of the church. A bunch of hypocrites are in there, right? Uh, But there's something below the surface. There's something going on there. And it's this idea that the person feels condemned by someone who has no right to condemn or judge. You see, truth has taken a back seat. It's become relative. Relative truth is a cancer to the church. We'll never have grounding on the Word of God if we believe the life in the pit of hell that says, My truth is my truth, and your truth is your truth. Hear me out, please, on this. Can't we just all get along? Can't we just all get along? And relative truth has a close cousin. It's called tolerance. So much is done with with the tolerance mask on. If you're not accepting everyone's views, you're accused of being intolerant, a bigot. You're accused of being, here it is, judgmental. You're accused of being judgmental. Can can I give you permission to not accept everyone's viewpoint uh, or opinion? You don't have to do that. Uh, you, You know, you don't have to say, I'm, I'm okay with your viewpoint. You, you have a right to your own opinion. Well, do they? Do they? If we're saying that you have a right to your opinion, if we say that, then we're acknowledging the idea of relative truth. We need to be very careful there that we don't embrace this idea of tolerance to a degree where it, it pushes away absolute truth. When you don't base your life on the absolute truth of God's word, you're essentially giving in to relativism. And it's anything goes. Anyone can do anything. Why? Because relative truth says we all have our own truth. That's a lie from Satan. And he'll use it to extinguish your trust in the word of God. Absolute truth matters. What, What is our response? Well, what is our response? It should be mercy at least. We should at least understand humbly that the measure we are going to use to judge someone, you know, they can turn that thing right back around on us and use it, use it to judge us. Hey, you're, you're, judge, you're judging me. Well, I'm going to judge you, buddy. Okay. We must understand that with humility. So when we're, we're doing, when we're judging, when we're condemning, we need to understand that it's really God's place uh, to do that. In fact, He will use that standard in our lives. Can we? Uh, you know, can we take the same scrutiny we apply to others? More importantly, can we take this, uh, take the heat from God? Most of us, in fact, none of us can do that. He will judge us by that same standard. So we would be wise to not judge without mercy, without understanding. God judged and condemned, yes, but He also did it with mercy. When he judged Adam and Eve, watch this, in the Garden of Eden, right? He was in the Garden of Eden. They had sinned. They had blown it big time. They just lost all of it. But what did he do? He didn't immediately destroy them right then and there. He could have. He he gave them animal skins. He clothed their nakedness. And he let them uh, be fruitful and multiply and, and work the ground and grow produce. He was merciful even in his judgment for them. That's mercy and grace rather than judgment. You know, there was a survey done of people between the ages of 25 and 40. We know them as millennials. And and they were asked, what words would describe Christians? 87 percent, the top answer, 87 percent listed the word judgmental. The next one, next highest one, 71 percent listed hypocritical. Now, we've got a long way to go, folks, if we want to reach the next generation and have them grow as disciples, uh, and then in turn, them reproduce more disciples, don't condemn others. Use mercy, which leads me to my next point. Judging others improperly can lead us to hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. It says, verse 3 there, Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the splinter out of your eye and look, there's a beam of wood in your own eye. Hypocrite, first take the beam of wood out of your eye and then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. So here is Jesus calling out this tendency of his disciples to judge improperly. And he uses perhaps a funny illustration. And he says, you know, you, you go around pointing to other people and you seem to think you, they, they've got a speck or something going on in their eye, you've, you've, got, you've got a real big problem, but it's saying, you know, you're, you're, you're pointing this out. Here's a little problem here. I've got a splinter here. You're pointing this out to them, uh, but, but uh, hey, buddy, you, you don't recognize the splinter, the, the, the beam that is in your own eye. First take the beam out of your own eye, then you're going to be able to, to deal with the splinter in your friend's eye. That's what he's saying. It's, isn't it quite striking that he would say that? And he, the idea there, the word there for beam, it's like a rafter, okay? It's like a joist, uh, or you know, a ceiling beam. So it's quite large, maybe even larger than, than this. What Jesus is getting, getting at there is here, there's a dose of humility required when we're, when we're trying to judge uh, and we're looking at, at another person, we're wanting to judge that, that small speck or that small splinter that's in their, their eye. You know, uh, this person trying to judge, they don't see their sin. They, don't, they haven't dealt with the beam yet, right? They haven't dealt with this beam that's in their own eyes. So how in the world are they going to be able to judge somebody else? It's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. It requires humility. They haven't dealt with their beam yet. They haven't dealt with their plank yet. They have grossly failed to see the problems and sin in their own lives. It's one thing to say, yep, I'm a sinner, but have you dealt with it? I'm a sinner. You know, It's like we're walking around like, yep, I'm a sinner, and I, I'm a sinner, y'all. No, God wants you to deal with it. God wants you to deal with your sin before you start pointing it out, you know, pointing it out to others and causing all kinds of damage and judging other people improperly. And it does very great damage to the church of Jesus Christ. You see, if I first come from a position of humility and, and deal with sin in my life, you know, it, it makes it much better. You know, it's easy to condemn the actions of others, right? I condemn the. I'm going to condemn the, their actions, uh, but when we do the same actions, we we look more at our intentions, right? Well, my intentions were good. I had good intentions. Uh, I, 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 we say I meant well, so it's okay. Well, no, it's not okay. Your your intentions, you know, there's a certain road road that's paved with intentions, right? Uh, and intentions. It, it's got to be more than that. Uh, Intentions, they, they, they don't go far enough. Rather, we should do so after we acknowledge and dealt with our plank. Hey, I'm coming to you from a position of someone who has dealt with their sin. I, I've been through the paces. I've struggled with sin. Uh, I, I've came out on top. I've came out in victory. Oh, I, I, I've dealt with the sin of anger. I know what it's like to get angry at your at your spouse. I know that. I know that, I know that pain. Uh, I know what it's like to get um, the this, this sin of, of laziness, I, I've dealt with that pain. I know what it's like, to, the, 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 the sin of uh, lust, and, 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 all, and I know that pain. I know the damage that it causes, okay? Uh, all, the, all these sins, we need to deal with our plank first before we start pointing out other, other people. I know the sin of, uh, you know, you fill, fill in the blank. Are you struggling with that? Uh, we need to come to, a, come to them from a place of humility and struggle and also renewal and forgiveness. I'm just one beggar leading another beggar to bread, to the bread of life. I'm a beggar just like you. I I need help. I need the Lord. God is calling us to deal with our our planks. Confess our sins to God and to one another. A lot of lot our context, it's marriage, not just marriage, but our friends too. Hey, you know, I blew it, honey. I messed up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say those words. Or, honey, I, I, I'm sorry I haven't spent time with you. Or, honey, I'm sorry I, I, I bought this thing without consulting you first, and I know it hurt you, and I, I broke my tra- I broke my trust in you. D- deal with your plank uh, or your friends. I, I'm sorry I said those words to you. I uh, didn't mean to do that. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Deal, deal with the plank first before you begin judging other people. Confess your sins to one another, and then we can see clearly, then we can see clearly to remove the speck in our brother's eye. 1 John 1.9 says this, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Judging others improperly puts us in a position of being God. It leads to hypocrisy. And finally, judging others improperly can be a waste of our time and energy. Uh, Matthew 7.6 says this, Don't give what is holy to dogs, uh, or toss your pearls before pigs; they will trample them under their feet, turn and tear you to pieces. So here we come to a particular passage where Jesus, on the surface, is calling some people dogs and pigs. Okay, we dogs back then were seen as very unclean. They were they were seen uh, they just you know they, they were kind of on the on the same level as pigs. And we, we have dogs as pets now. You know, a lot of us have nice furry little furry friendly animal, you know, dog. It's not like that. But in Jesus's time, these dogs were, were unclean. So, you know, let's, let's be clear that Jesus is not calling people dogs and pigs. He's, he's actually saying no one is outside of the reach of the grace of God and his offer of salvation. Let's be very clear on that. What Jesus is saying here is, be wise in who you approach about receiving correction or judgment, as it were. you got to be careful of who you go to. Uh, First, after dealing with your own plank, right, uh, and going to the person, you must use discernment in seeing if they're going to take what you're offering them, or if they're going to respond to you uh, like a pig or like a dog and and tear you to pieces. Uh, You know, are they going to respond... You're offering them hope. You're offering them life. You're offering them the gospel, a better way of living for the kingdom. When you come to them with the truth of God's word, are they going to take it correctly? Or are they just, is it just going to go in one ear and out the other? You know, when a pig, uh, a, a, a pig eats certain things, and it eats a lot of slop and all that kind of thing. One thing a pig can eat is pearls. When a pig eats a pearl, it's, it's, it's something of wonderful value. And a lot of times it represents the gospel, but it just goes straight through them. They can't digest it. it just, it's just wasted. That value, that beautiful pearl is wasted on a pig. So when we, when we go to correct someone and they're not going to receive it, you're just you're wasting your time. So let me ask you this, or, or make note of this. If you've never or very rarely Hear people approach you and offer you wise counsel or loving rebuke or correction. It may be that you're you're living exactly as God. It may not be that you're living exactly as God wants you to. But could it be that they are fearful that you won't listen to them? Uh, You might respond or scoff at what they say. So no one ever really approaches you about correction. Uh, They just, no, it's not worth it. I don't want to get involved. Uh, Or are you one of those who have... Uh, been corrected before, received it with humility. Uh, you know, may, maybe maybe a friend or spouse is no longer coming to you because of their fear of the reaction you'll give them. So in a sense, they're they're wasting their time with you. Their words are going to be wasted on you. Uh, would you could you admit that that just might be some of us here in this room, uh, or are you one who responds with humility and receives the truth willingly uh, from others? You know, pigs can't eat pearls. It just goes, it goes right through them. People are uh, uh, who haven't dealt with the planks in their lives yet. Uh, they're not going to be very good correctors or very good judges. Okay, because it's just going to get turned right around on them. You see, there there is there's a remedy. You can try to deal with your plank uh, if you want, and uh, you can try to deal with the, the the plank on your own. This this thing you kind of haul around. It's a burden, you know, and, and people don't like what you're doing. Uh, you, you have to deal with your plank, and your plank is sin, and you got to deal with the plank in your own eye before you start to deal with other people. But let me tell you something. There was another man who walked the hills of Calvary, and he took the plank on his shoulder, and he said, you know what? This is a burden that they can't bear alone. They can't Bear this burden alone. They're going ha- to need something else, Lord. They're going to need me. They're going to need Jesus. They're, the, the, uh, they're going to need my life, my, my, my perfect life. And so this is what we do. When we uh, say, you know, I, I can't deal with my plank. It's just too much. We say, Jesus, you, you've got something for me. And what Jesus does is he deals take, takes this, the planks that we, we have and he, he, makes, he turns the plank into a cross. He, he, he takes our sin and he puts it on, a, on the cross, and that's, that's our plank now. He, he has dealt with, dealt with this, this sin, uh, this thing that we, we can't deal with. And he's taken the plank, and he's, he said, you know what, it's done. He hung, he hung on the cross, and he said, it is finished. And he's, he hung on the cross for you and I. He's dealt with the plank so you and I wouldn't have to. It's finished. What have you done with your plank? you still got it? Are you still holding on to it? God wants you to say, "You know what? It's it's done." I've, he can give you the strength to take the plank out of your eye. He can. You can only do it through Christ. You can only do it through humility and acknowledging your sin before God. Yes, God, I've sinned. I've blown it. God, but I need your cross. I need the power of your cross in my life. There's a verse in First Corinthians that says. Uh, the, the, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It doesn't make any sense to them. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The cross is the power of God. The cross is the power. It gives us the power, the power, the freedom and the power to say, you know what, I can deal with this sin now that's in my life and I can go to others in love and say, you know what, I've walked that road of pain and sin and now I can walk in freedom and grace. The the flaws are gone because the cross has made me flawless. The cross has leveled the playing field. The cross has said, wipe the slate clean, Derek. You can now walk in love and you can minister to other people in love because I've taken your sin. All of us need the cross. All of us need the cross to deal with our sin. Would that be you today and how you judge other people, how I judge other people? Do we judge with humility? Do we judge in light of the cross? Or do we judge with planks in our eyes? God wants us to judge in light of the cross. The cross has made the level of the playing field. Jesus has done it. He's done it for us already. Let's pray.